This message is a product of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. We thank you for engaging this conversation. Messages like this one are great resources to help us grow, but they cannot replace being a part of a local church. If you're not actively a part of a church, we encourage you to find one near you that fits you, visit it, and get involved. And we hope this message gives life to you today. Enjoy. How many of y'all have ever noticed that directions are hard? Directions are, anybody ever just blown it following some directions? Now, I I can remember a time before GPS. Some of y'all remember way back into the day when you had to carry an atlas with you. And if you got lost, you pulled out maps. We, if you're under 25, you have no idea what a map is, okay? Okay? But if you're if you're of, of my generation, this hybrid generation that, that remembers before and now lives in this new technological age that has taken a step forward, you may remember something that looks like this. How many of y'all remember MapQuest? How many of y'all ever got lost on some MapQuest directions, right? I missed that turn. How long was I supposed to drive? I don't know. I don't know. I cannot believe I was 20 years old in my first job at a, at a, at a church. I was a, a youth ministry intern, and they sent me in a 15-passenger van with nothing but junior high kids, with nothing but a MapQuest directions to take them to camp. It was insane. There's no way as a pastor I would ever let that happen in this world today, Okay. Every time I got one of those sets, I got lost. Then GPS came along, and all of a sudden, we thought we were we we had fixed a problem. Anybody ever got lost with a GPS? I have. I have. I love this video. This is one of my favorite clips from a TV show. Watch this. Very good point. Make a right turn. Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. It means bear right. No. Up there. It said right. It said take a right. No, 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 no. Look. It it means go up. To the right, bear right over the bridge and hook up with 307. Make a right Maybe it's turn. a shortcut, Dwight. It said go to the right. It can't mean that. There's what, a lake right there. I think it knows where straight. it is going. This is the the machine knows. This is the lake. Stop yelling at me. No, it's Stop not yelling. yelling. There's no road here. Remain calm. I have trained for this. Okay. Exit the window. If you want to have some fun, actually go and Google GPS lake accidents. It's remarkable literally how many people have driven into bodies of water following their GPS, okay? It's insane. That is some, but, but it's not just directions of driving somewhere. It's not just that. How many of y'all have ever totally blown a recipe? Anybody ever done that before? I have. I, can, I spent one whole summer trying to learn how to make uh, French toast. I was only like nine years old, okay, and I wasn't supposed to cook at home, but my parents just found out. This is the first time they ever heard that I actually was cooking at home trying to figure out how to make French toast because I couldn't figure that out. It was just follow a recipe, right? That's what you're supposed to do, just follow a recipe. But some of y'all have like grandma's recipes. Do y'all remember grandma's recipes? That you have the old scratch, and it would just say flour and salt. And you're like, Grandma, how much flour? How much flour? Why didn't you write it down? I have no idea. But grandma knew. She's new by sight. She's new by sight how much to put in there. Sometimes it's just confusing. And you spend the rest of your life trying to recreate grandma's cookies because she didn't tell you. Okay? And then we solved that problem because Pinterest came along. Right? All right? Pinterest came along, and all of a sudden, all the recipes you could ever think of were made readily available to you just by a handy-dandy search, right? So you may have saw on Pinterest something like this. 
like Sa'an hedgehog, or this beautiful, cute hedgehog cake, right? You may think, I would love to make something like this for my child. Maybe it would end up looking like this in real life. Nailed it. <laughs> so my, my children would have nightmares if they saw that. <laughs> so here's another example of this. You know, Mountain Dew penguin cupcakes, right? Those are cute, right? Kids' birthday party, that'd be fun. Here, look at the, in real life, right here. Again, my, my children would cry if I handed them that thing. All right, here's another example. This, this is my favorite one. This actually is a brilliant idea. I love cornbread. All right, this is like taking like um, the pig in the blanket to a whole nother level, right? All right, this is just an amazing idea because it's cornbread, a little pig in the blanket idea. But look at this in reality, right? <laughs> pretty, pretty rough right there, okay? <laughs> just saying. So, so many jokes can be made. Um, anyway, here, here, a, a simple, I'd add some food coloring to your pancakes, right? Turn it into a rainbow is what it looked like in real life, in real life. Hard, hard to follow directions. See, the, the thing about directions are directions are a sequence of decisions, a sequence of decisions. And in this series, we're really focusing in and zeroing in on decisions because the decisions we make today will determine the stories our lives will tell tomorrow. The decisions we make today will determine the stories our lives will tell tomorrow. And if we're not critically thinking about the decisions that we're actively making, what will happen is we'll start to not make the right decisions. We'll start to drift off course, not live by vision, not live by the way that God has designed you to. See, I've noticed this, that we'll either make our decisions or our decisions will make us. We'll make our decisions or our decisions will end up making us. There, there is, for every person in here, kind of a default that we go back to. Uh, uh, there, some of you just naturally, your default uh, reaction to a bad situation is to get angry. Some of you, your default uh, reaction is to kind of become a little bit more inward. Some of you, your ref- default kind of reaction to something that goes crazy is to just try to control it, okay? There's, there's a default, but then there's a design that's within you that God placed within you. And often, those two are at odds with one another. And we have to make a decision. Are we going to live by default? Or are we going to live by design? Are we going to live by default? Are we going to let the decisions make me, or am I going to make my decisions? So last week we kind of started this with this simple perspective that we need to focus on who before do and why before what. Who we're becoming, not what we're doing, and why we're doing it, not what we're doing. Because who you're becoming matters more than what you're doing. And why you're doing it matters more than what you're doing. Your motives matter. Who you're becoming matters. And so we need to start with that perspective. But we need to kind of take it to the next step. And so today I'm going to talk about kind of direction and getting some direction in life. But, but we struggle with decisions, if we're honest. We, we struggle. We, we really have in our culture, we have too many options. We have too many voices speaking to us. And we have too much information. And it's hard to clearly hear direction in a world filled with so much noise. It's hard to clearly hear direction 
in a world that is filled with so much noise. And so what I want to talk to you about today is just kind of hearing from God and then applying that in, in, in making wise decisions as you move and navigate through life. But this is kind of a complex idea. And it's represented multiple times, and, and really for a couple of weeks we're going to dwell on the words of the Apostle Paul in two different s- scenarios that he speaks. Um, but th- this is kind of a complicated idea because there are different ways that we hear from God. You'll see that in this passage of Scripture that comes from 1 Corinthians. Paul is writing the Corinthian church. He's kind of shutting down this letter, and he's kind of telling them, hey, I- I'm, I'm wanting to come visit. So he says, perhaps I will stay with you for a while and even spend the winter so that you can help me on my journey wherever I go. Remember, he's, notice he says perhaps. I, I do not want you, here's a desire, I do not want to see you now and make only a passing visit. I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits. In other words, if this is what God wants me to do, but I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost because a great door of effective work has opened to me. There's an opportunity. There's a situation that's happened, and I see God at work, and there are many who are opposing me. So how does God speak? The first thing that I want you to understand is that God's direction isn't always downloaded to us like MapQuest step-by-step instructions, okay? If God were to give you the MapQuest to get to where you're supposed to go, okay, you wouldn't need him anymore. God, God wants you to rely on him step-by-step. By step, I'm going to really lean into this idea next week. So if you're you're struggling with with kind of the season that you're in, don't miss next week as we kind of look at the process that we go through in life. Okay, it's not st- as a matter of fact. You can think about it in the terms of ingredients and recipes. God tells you the ingredients to gather. You need humility. You need love. You need some good people around you. You need to be involved in a life. Here are the ingredients, but he doesn't give us the step-by-step instruction. He walks us step-by-step. This is kind of how some of y'all learned how to cook from grandma. She never gave you a recipe, but she sat you down and walked you through how to make homemade biscuits. And she was there. Here are the ingredients. Here's the first step. Here's this. That's kind of how God speaks to us. So how does God speak? God speaks through inference and circumstances. A lot of times we don't identify this as a way that God speaks. But if you notice, Paul says there is a great opportunity here in Ephesus. So I'm not coming right now because I see God at work. I can tell what God wants because there's a great door of opportunity that is open to me. The longer that we obey God, the more that we can infer what God is doing. The more that we can look into a situation and go, I see you at work. I can see where you're leading me. I've made these decisions before. I've stepped out in faith. I can do it again. But if you don't have that prior knowledge... If you don't have that prior experience, it's hard to do that. It's hard to infer. As a matter of fact, let me give you an example. If I told you to come over to my house, paint the the walls of my bedroom, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to get some red paint and some blue paint, mix it together, and paint the walls. What color did I just ask you to paint my bedroom? Purple. You want to know how you know it was purple? I didn't tell you purple. 
But you have prior knowledge that lets you know that red and blue makes purple. And so some of us, we just need to make that decision that starts the journey of gaining some wisdom so that we can look back later and as we grow through in life, we can make better decisions because we can see where God's working. Number two, or number three, God speaks through supernatural desires. Supernatural desires. Some of y'all never wanted kids. You got married and about two years in, all of a sudden you're like, I want some kids. I want some kids. Supernatural desire. Some of y'all are like, I never serve in church. I ain't never going to do that. And you get in here and you're like, you know what? I want help. Supernatural desire. Supernatural desire. Some of y'all have seen the condition of our local foster care system. And, 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 and you, you never thought of it before, but all of a sudden you just something starts happening in your heart. And you're thinking, you know what? We could bring a couple kids into our house. We could make a difference. We could keep a kid for a month. We could do something. Supernatural desire. Right? Paul says, listen, I, I don't want to just come for a passing. I want to stay with you. God speaks through supernatural desires, but God also speaks through people. Number four, God speaks through people. One of my favorite stories about this is John Bevere, who's one of my favorite authors. He's written several books, had a huge impact on, on my personal life. Um, he tells this story. He's a very, very challenged um, uh, student when it came to, to English. He didn't do very good on the verbal portion of his SAT, even through college, didn't do very good on writing assignments. And then one day in prayer, he felt like God told him, John, I want you to write a book. And I, he, he tells the story. He says, you know, he said, I, I just remember thinking, God, you, you must have just said that to the wrong person. So out of like the millions of people who are praying, you downloaded that prayer to the wrong person just now because that's not me. I don't write. I struggle with writing. And he said, you know, I spoke that night, and some woman came up very timidly afterwards and said, John, I don't know how to say this, but I feel like God gave me a message for you. And God told me that you are to write a book and if you won't write that book, he's going to give that message to somebody else. He said, a week later, a week later, I was, I was there and I was speaking at another church halfway across the country. And another woman right after church came up to me and said, John, I, I don't know how to say this, but I just feel like God wants me to tell you that you're to write a book. And, and, and if you don't write that book, God's going to give that message to somebody else. And he said, I'm so scared. I went to my hotel room, wrote a little contract with God, said, God, I can't do this. You have to. And I signed my name. To <laughs> and he said, he, and, and at this point, he's written over 20 books. Uh, about half of those have been bestsellers, published in almost every language possible. Because God speaks through people. Some of y'all have experienced this here. See, I want you, can I just say this? I have never written a message to speak to one person at our church, ever. I've never even come up with a line in, in a message that speaks to one person in our church. But some of you have been sitting and been there, like, that was just for me. Like, how did he know? How did he know what was going on? How did he know? And, and our staff will tell you that literally the message that I preach on Sunday is very, very close to the message that I preach in walkthrough on Wednesday evening together when we go over the message. What's happening? God's speaking. God's speaking to you. It's not me. It's God using the words that are coming out to speak to a situation in your heart and in your life. Okay? God speaks through people. But then God also speaks through the wisdom of his word and his voice. 
And so I want to focus on wisdom. I want to focus on hearing the wisdom of God. Solomon, who wrote most of Proverbs, was given this kind of Aladdin moment with God where he, he was given this chance to say, God said, you can have anything you want, anything. What do you want? And Solomon said, I want wisdom. I want wisdom. And because of that, God literally responded, like, that's the best thing that you could ask for. Because you asked for that, I'm going to give you everything else. So Solomon was by far one of the richest kings Israel ever had, one of the most prominent kings that Israel ever had. I mean, his, his reign is, is kind of held in such high esteem historically. But he wrote the book of Proverbs, and many of us have spent time looking in that. Proverbs 4, 7 says this. Getting, pay attention to this. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do, and whatever else you do, develop good judgment. Now, let me break that down for you. In other words, getting wisdom is important, and then applying wisdom into your judgment is equally important. So we have to learn how to get wisdom and then apply it. We have to learn how to get direction how to get direction. So today I'm going to give you three things to do if you're needing direction in your life. And the first thing that you need to do is you need to start walking. You start walking. Start walking. Some of you are like, well, I've been doing that for like six months, trying to lose weight. What do you mean? I don't mean that, okay? All right. (laughs) Proverbs 13, verse 20 says this, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Walk with the wise and become wise. Walk with the wise and become wise. You need to start walking with the wise because a companion of fools suffers harm. Think about that. A companion of fools suffers harm. Who is your close friends? Who who are they? Who are your close friends? Who are the people that you're close to? Do they have the kind of marriage that you want? Do they have the kind of financial life that you want? Do they have the kind of relationships that you want? Do they, do they encourage people and treat people the way that you want to treat people? Because here's the thing. You walk with the wise and you become wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. A companion of fools suffers harm. See, I think that sometimes we need to think about our closest friends. I mean, think about how many of them are serving God. How many of them are running from God? Because sometimes we don't think about that. See, you're literally, you are all made like a bunch of Legos. I don't know if you've ever thought, I, I've taught this several times, but I just want to kind of bring this back out. We, we all have a capacity when it comes to our relationships, a number of people that we can be in significant relationship with. Some of you are like the 10-prong Lego, like the biggest, the big brick, the one that everyone wants, like on the bottom when you're building the base of your fort, right? You remember that as a kid, right? It's the, literally the worst one to step on. It's so big and it hurts, okay? But there's a, a lot of capacity in your life. Some of us are like the, the four-prong Lego. We're, 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 we don't have that much. And I only, I only have this much capacity. Some of y'all are like two prongs. Some of y'all are like one prong Legos. Y'all ain't, you one good friend and you're good, right? But here's the thing. Do you have space in your life for the right people? Do you have space in your life for the right people? Because for many of us, those Legos are already filled. But if you walk with the wise, you become wise. But if you are a companion of fools, you suffer 
We need to be aware of that because it's almost impossible to live the right life when you have the wrong friends. It's just almost impossible to live the right life when you have the wrong friends. So we need to. We need to think about it. We need to be growing in wisdom. We need to be making wise. How do we do that? Well, we walk with the wise. We walk with the wise. And here's the thing, right? Walking with the wise is not a one-time thing. It's not a one-time meeting. It's not just you show up and grab coffee and ask a bunch of questions. It's going through life with somebody and saying, I I want to be like you. I want your marriage. I want to have a financial life like you have. I want to have a career like you have. It's not just one time. It's going through seasons of life together. Walk with the wise. Because here's the thing I've noticed about my own personal life. The best and worst thing in my life have always been born out of friendships. The best and the worst things in my life have come from friends. When you think about that, because it's impossible to live the right life when you have the wrong friends. So the first thing you need to do is you need to start walking with the wise. You need to start walking. Number two, you need to start asking. Start asking. Start asking. It's important. It's important that we, we learn and cultivate. Here's, a, here's the thing that keeps us from asking is pride. Cultivate the humility to seek wisdom. The humility to ask the questions that we're unsure of. To seek guidance and help when we don't know which direction to go. James 1.5 says it this way, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Notice that's a promise. That if you need wisdom and you seek wisdom, that God will give you wisdom. Now, it does not say that God will give you a Camaro, okay? It doesn't say that he's going to give you a new pair of shoes, all right? But it does say that he will give you wisdom. Okay, it does say that. And as I've thought about that, about being wise and walking with the wise, and I've, I've noticed that I have a new goal in life. Like, I, I just want to become as, as smart as my eight-year-old daughter. If you have kids, you maybe understand what I mean. I, I can't drive anywhere anymore without her telling me how to drive. Anyway, Dad, both hands on the wheel. Both hands. Phone down, Dad. Phone down. Dad. Dad, you're going too fast. You shouldn't have passed there. It was double line. It was double line, Dad. It was double line. You should not have passed. Dad's a green light. It's a green light. Go. Go. Put your phone down, Dad. Go. Doesn't it really doesn't matter what we talk about. She has an opinion on it now. Okay? really doesn't. She's so, it's so funny. It's so funny. The other day she walked by and I'd already written this message and I was like, hey, you know what? You know what, honey? Um, Like my goal is to be as smart as you. And she stopped and she looked at me and she goes, well, you must be stupid. (laughs) I was like, I I just, I just complimented you. I just said, I want to be as 
That's smart. She said, no, you said I want to become as smart as you, which means that you are not currently as smart as me, which means that you are less smart than me, which means you're stupid. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Can't touch that one. <laughs> so, so, so think about this with me. Think about this. What what explains the gap between and you've been there if you've had small kids kids that that we can we can say anything to them and we're their heroes they believe anything we say I have a friend okay I'm not I should not tell the story but I'll tell it anyway don't don't ever repeat this okay please all right so just just listen okay we can tell our kids anything they'll believe I have a friend okay his dad did not want them to go out when it snowed because he knew that they would make a mess of their house. And so he told them, he's like, don't go out. Don't go out in the snow. Uh, there's snow snakes that come out only in the snow. And he's like, what? I've never seen snow snakes. I've never heard of that. He's like, no, it's real. It's real. They come out, and they slide up your leg, in your clothes, and then they go up your butthole. <laughs> and he's like, Dad, I'm not going outside. I'm not going outside ever. No more in the snow ever. So what, what happens in between the gap of that moment when our kids are so young, we could tell them anything, anything, and they'll believe us in that point. And some of you are there where they're teenagers, and they know everything, and they won't listen to you about anything. What's the difference? What happens between there and there? Can I tell you? It's one thing. Questions. It's questions. The kids are not scared to ask a question. They're not embarrassed by what they don't know. They're not too prideful to leverage a question so that they can grow a little bit. And what happens is that they get to this point and they have, they've acquired a lot of information, but we need to remind them sometimes that you might have the answers, you might have some answers, but you don't have all the answers. And I, I, I say that to you today too. You might have some answers in life, but you don't have all the answers. And if you've stopped asking questions, if you've stopped seeking wisdom, then you are falling behind in life. Because there's not a single person in here that has arrived. I mean, really, our goal as we parent is not to get to a point and just say, hey, cutoff point. No, we want them to continue to grow, to continue to develop. So by the time they're adults, we can be low-maintenance parents to adults. So we can parent at a distance because they have asked so many questions and developed so much that they can now take care of themselves. They are adults. I love what Psalm 32 says as it speaks to God's wisdom for us and his guidance. It really sounds a lot like a parent. Look at this. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life, and I will advise you and watch over you. I will watch over you. It reminds me of teaching a kid to ride a bike. Y'all remember what that's like, right? You kind of hold on to the back of the bike, and you, they're, they're pedaling. They kind of have it because they've been on some training wheels. And, and you let go, and then you grab on, and then you let go. You're doing it. You're doing it. I got you again. I got you. I got you. I got you. God's saying, listen, I'm going to watch over you. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to watch over you. But I'm going to hold on. I'm not letting go. I'm letting go. I'm going to be here for you. You might fall down when I let go one time. That's okay. We'll get back up. We'll keep going. I got you. I got you. So we need to 
start asking. We need to start walking. But then we need to make a decision. We need to make a decision. And the truth is, is that this is so hard for many of us, making a decision. It's, it's so hard. We, we blow this in so many different ways. One of the ways we blow this is there, we, we live in choice paralysis. There, there are too many options. And because of the, two, the, the multiple options for the choices that we can make, we, we literally shut it down and don't make any decision. And no decision is a bad decision. Sometimes we have the fear of making the wrong decision. Like, I, I want to be perfect, and if I can't be perfect, then I'm not going to make the decision. I'm not going to pull the trigger. And no decision, bad decision. Sometimes we listen to the wrong friends. Let me just say this up front. If you have friends that are giving you advice that is not pointing you to Jesus, that are giving you advice that is not supported by Scripture, there are people that need to be taken off the Lego, okay? Because we, we take advice from, from the wrong people make a bad decision. Some of you are making bad decisions because you're still doing the same broken things that your parents did. Following in the same broken and busted patterns that existed in your family before you. Bad decision. And some of y'all have bought into this stupid advice to follow your heart. The Bible says that your heart is deceitful above all things. Some of the worst advice you could ever be given. Don't follow your heart. Follow Jesus. Okay? So the tension kind of enters. Like, how do I know what to do if I've got to make a decision? And I think the answer comes from a story that we find in 1 Samuel 14. When the army of Israel is surrounded by the army of the Philistines. They're way outnumbered. The Philistines have every advantage you can imagine. They're on the cliffs. They have the high ground. And the army of Israel is, is hiding. They're, they're tucked away. As a matter of fact, they are so scared because they're so outnumbered that many have ran away and are hiding in the hills behind them. They've abandoned their posts. And the king is unwilling to move, unwilling to do anything, King Saul. But his son, Jonathan, steps out and says this to his servant. Look at this. Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, come, let's go to the outpost of those uncircumcised men, the Philistines. Perhaps, notice that word, perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf because nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or, notice that he has some experience. He knows that God can save. He knows that God can deliver. But he has no idea if God's going to show up on his behalf. But he makes a decision to do something because something needed to be done. So he steps out, and he literally has the dumbest plan ever. I'm not, I'm not even exaggerating. It may be the dumbest plan in the history of the Bible. He steps out in broad daylight and says, we're just going to show ourselves to them. It's going to let them see us. Hey, everybody, here we are. Here we are. We're armed. We're coming for you. There's a bunch of you. There's two of us. All right? This is what he says. If they say, stay there, we're coming down to you, we're just going to stand our ground and fight. But if they say, come on up, we're going to take that as a sign that the Lord has delivered them into our hands. 
Now, this is why it's stupid. Do you know how he gets up there? He has to climb up the side of a cliff, which means that he has to use both hands and both feet. The Bible describes that he has to use his hands and feet to climb up there. Totally unarmed. Totally vulnerable. So I've noticed this about making the right decision. That sometimes the right decision puts you into the most vulnerable position. Some of us are scared of making the right decision sometimes because it puts us into a vulnerable position. But Jonathan gets to the top of that hill. They attack him. And in hand-to-hand combat, he defeats 20 Philistines. Taking ground. God sends a spirit of confusion among the Philistines. And, and a, they begin to, to kind of fight each other. And from a distance, the army of Israel sees what's happening and they attack. Way outmanned, way outmachined, and they win. Because one person, one person was willing to stand up and say, I'll do something. I'll do something. Maybe today God's just calling you to stand up and do something. Because sometimes you just need to make a decision is wisdom and faith. Sometimes you just need to. I have enough wisdom and I have enough faith. I don't even know if God's going to show up, but I'm going to do it anyway. Because something has to be done. Something has to be done. So as we close this out, let me give you just a little bit of advice when it comes to some decisions. Maybe today you're struggling with a a moral issue, okay, a moral issue. And there's, should I do this? Should I not do this? Should this be something that my family does? Should it not? If the Bible does not issue a direct moral command, let wisdom and God's spirit convict you and guide you, okay? Some of you are struggling at times with, should I say this? First, if you're having to think about, should I say what you probably shouldn't say it, but, but here's a good filter. Can I, can I say it in truth and love? Because sometimes we can say it in truth, but without love, and it's just hurtful. And sometimes we, can say, we just say things in love that's not truthful, and we're just enabling. But the truth and love, like that is empowering. Okay? Some of y'all wondering at times, should I post this? Should I post this online? I, I just want you to think about this. What, what are you going to lose when you post that? What are you going to lose? So, some young girls, if I, if I post this picture, am I going to lose a little bit of respect from people who look at me because I posted this? What am I going to get out of this? What am I going to lose and what am I going to gain out of this post that I'm going to put on social media? Sometimes you may be even asking the question, what if, what if I do finally pull the trigger and make a decision, but I totally fail? I, I totally make a mistake. Well, here's the beautiful thing. God's grace helps you get up, dust off the failure, and keep going. Because God cares more about who you're becoming than what you're doing. We all make mistakes. That's why Jesus went to the cross, to overcome our mistakes, to liberate us from being captive to our mistakes so that we can live in freedom from them. So I love that we can start walking with the wise. We can start asking questions. 
And we can make a decision as we seek direction. See, I love, love that verse. Look at it again. The Lord says, I will guide you. I will along the best pathway for your life. And I will advise you and watch over you. I will take care of you is what God's saying. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been a production of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information on our church, we encourage you to visit us online at vortexchurch.com.